latest news of their daughter's progress to the latest news of their pet's progress, the First Lady has done a good job of convincing observers that words like North Korea and Al-Zakawi, to say nothing of health, social security, and the environment, are not bandied about the White House residents. But the quiet blandness of Mrs. Bush has always excited the curiosity of her husband's detractors largely because of its implausibility. That she voted for Eugene McCarthy in 1968, while her future husband was dodging more strenuous military service by joining the National Guard, seems to bespeak a now submerged radicalism. Her cigarette habit, which she has since relinquished, seemed to signal either rebellion or bohemianism, both welcome traits. And her bookishness has been taken by her husband's liberal opponents as evidence of a much more complicated soul than she admits to. Her statement that the Grand Inquisitor chapter of The Brothers Karamazov is her favorite extended passage in literature is, to some observers, the most appealing thing about her, although the fact that she has described the chapter as reassuring to her Christian beliefs, rather like admiring gaslight for the gags, suggests an unexpected perversity. Lately, though, Mrs. Bush has been called upon to step more aggressively into the role of presidential proxy. At the White House Correspondents' Dinner, she cracked wise, if scripted, about the President's predilection for early nights, about trips to Chippendales with Lynn Cheney and Condi Rice, and about milking horses, the kind of humor that the likes of Jenna Bush might find hilarious if that stuff weren't so icky coming from one's mom. And then last week, en route to a goodwill drop-in tour of a handful of Middle Eastern nations, Mrs. Bush appeared to take issue with the official White House line on current events, noting that it might not have been out of order to let the leader of the free world know that an unauthorized plane was circling the Capitol, even if he was taking a bike ride at the time. Her willingness to express a dissonant opinion, however, does not amount to a shedding of wifely coverings. Indeed, the reception she received in Jerusalem, where she was heckled by irate Jews and angry Palestinians, suggests that Blackstone's dictum about wives being incorporated and consolidated into the person of their husbands holds firm in her case. Having hoarded the capital of her personal popularity for years by declining to enter the political fray, she is now able to spend it to salvage her husband's approval rating, which is currently at 47%. The newly opinionated Laura Bush is no more her own woman than she was while smilingly mute. Rather, she has been transformed from a femme couverte into a member of a category that Blackstone did not identify what might be referred to as a femme couvrante, a wife who covers for her embattled husband, concealing his weaknesses with her own quiet force. Her measured outspokenness, while seeming to be at odds with the White House line, is less an expression of marital difference than it is a dutiful form of marital compensation. In conversation with reporters during her Middle East trip, Mrs. Bush said of the recent anti-American rioting and demonstrating in Muslim nations, You can't blame it all on Newsweek, a comment rightly deemed newsworthy, given that the President's official mouthpieces were doing just that. But she stopped short of saying the further truth. 
that you might blame at least some of it on her husband, the man under whose wing, protection, and cover the entire country.